Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak, and quick dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the very latest edition of the Premier View Tipperary GAA podcast. Don't forget to give us a follow if you haven't done so already on Twitter. We are at Premier View Pod. On Facebook, our page is the Premier View Podcast and on Instagram, where we are Premier View Podcast. We have up-to-the-minute news on all things Tip GAA across all our socials, plus the odd giveaway so don't miss out. If you're a Spotify listener, don't forget to hit follow and also hit the bell so that you never miss a podcast episode. Hello and welcome to the Premier View podcast episode number 104. We've a lot to chew on today with the epic monster battle between Tip and Cork ending in a draw. A draw that was predicted, just so may I say so, by our most earnest of presenters here on last week's podcast. So go back and listen if you don't believe me. Jamie, you were fired up for this one anyway in the crowd. The, the camera panty there, you're, you're a man of passion there when after a tip score. What do you make of it all? A good point or a bad point? Uh, I think a very good point, yeah. Um, we had to do the phone dance on the 9th and 11th, which was on Saturday, so they got an education in hurling and in uh, expletives. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think a point, uh, a good point game. They could have easily lost it as well. So three points after two away games, you'd have to be happy enough. Absolutely. And, you know, I suppose the scoring was great, but probably, you know, um, the defence again, probably conceding four goals is, is a worry again. But like, you know, you have to be happy scoring 219 again. Um, anyone major stand out for you? Asher Alan Tynan, really, you know, uh, like Alan Dan, Noel and Connor really kind of boss midfield, I thought. Um, you know, the, Gerard O'Connor did well, took his goal very well. Mark Hill coming on to score 1 4 when he probably thought he was, might get 20 minutes, you know what I mean? He had a starring role in the end. Um, but yeah, no, like I thought, thought we did well. I know everyone's gone on about conceding seven goals in two games. We scored seven goals in two games as well. Nobody's mentioning that, like, so mm-hmm. you know, there's plenty of positives as well. With a home game against Limerick and a home game against Waterford to come. You'd be hoping if we got three points out of two of those games, you'd be happy as well. You know what I mean? So absolutely. And Stephen, I suppose you're you're a man. I suppose you you flagged up Tipperary's potential there and the difference in you know that a year makes and the impact of Liam Cal. Your first impressions of this game now we could say as a new Tipperary. I suppose the county's buzzing. 
the demand for the Limerick game now, it's great to see, you know, they're talking about stands being sold out and, you know, real demand for tickets kind of 10 days, 11 days away from the game. Oh, yeah, it was uh, uh, last Saturday was um real definition of on a knife as it wasn't a sham, you know, it was, it was ebbing and flowing and, you know, as, as James said, we did concede the four goals, but there were times we looked very comfortable in, in what we were trying to do. Um, look, you can see the goals and there is plenty of food for thought for, for the management team, but I'd always feel it's kind of easier to shore up a back line than it is to get your forward scoring. Like scoring is very, very hard. We're doing it well. Like we conceded four goals in the Muscle Championship and we didn't get bet. You know, a game we could have won, you're disappointed we didn't win, but also towards the end when there were, you were just kind of thinking, blow it up, will you? To God, you know, and to his, it was exciting and it's it's a real statement from this Tipperary team that the undefeated after last year they're undefeated in two games and look we most of us could feel aggrieved coming away without the win you know and I think that's a real real uh, a positive from Tipperary we've a lot to work on going forward but we're we're on the right direction we're on the right road anyway and, you know and the some of them lads really stood up the weekend I think like. Alan Tynan got man in a match with four points or something from play. Al, he didn't go too well against Limerick, and that was the response. And you can't ask for more than that. That shows real character, real leadership, even though he's in, he's only in the infancy of his temporary career. Uh, uh, Connor Stakelin there, he didn't get the start against Limerick. He came on, he did well, he got the start this way, and he was, I, I thought he was sensational. I thought when he went off, we had a little bit of a lull for a few minutes after he went off because the work he just got through. And uh and Seamus Kendi then as well in a in a different position at half back. Like geez, like I, I thought they were just absolutely phenomenal. And we're definitely we're definitely heading under in the right right uh direction. Like the the first game, it wasn't an old first game, you know, kick under new management. We're 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 settling really into this into this new management and we're settling into this month's championship big time. Yeah, and I should have said it actually. We're joined by a great panel tonight. So we've Jamie, two Sean's, and Sean Finn, welcome to the podcast. And then we've uh, Stephen and, and Colin. I'm going to come to you next as well, there, I suppose. Uh, maybe for a dose of realism, in that you're a bit, little bit concerned, maybe, of the way the tip are finishing games or having got caught close to the line twice now, twice now against Cork this year in 2023. Yeah, I suppose we spoke about it a little bit off air beforehand. Um... And, and it's something that I, I think I said after the Munster League game against Cork earlier on in the year. And it just came into my head on Saturday night and a few times since that this is the second time in a row we've had decent leads going down the straight against Cork and we haven't been able to, to see the game out. So, you know, I would just fl- flag that amongst all the, the, the optimism and the delight and everything on the panel. I just I, I, like to, to, to be honest with you, coming out of the game. I was disappointed. Just, I mean, I would have taken a draw before the game. I certainly would have taken a draw after five minutes, considering the way we 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 started. And I think a draw was probably a better result for us than it was for Cork. But you know, I've I've said this before, lads. I just think when you're five or six points up, going down the straight, you need to be seen out the game. You know, I just I just think you need to see out the game. And maybe if we could have won the ball, that high ball that was played in for the third goal for Cork, I think if we could have won that ball, and what's all this buts and maybes, but I think if we could have won that ball, we probably we probably would have won the game. And you know, just not not to hog this, like 
we're t- we've talked about all the things that went well for us. A lot of things actually went w- went wrong for us on the night. Like, uh, and we were still the better team, I thought, throughout. Like Jason Ford, who'd be our marquee forward, got injured. Like, there was steps for a goal there for Cork. I, I mix I mix up the goals. Was it the second goal? Was it Robbie O'Flynn or somebody? Yeah, Robbie second one. Yeah, Robbie O'Flynn. Yeah, like, there, there was, steps. like there was nine or ten steps there, Jamie. From 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 what I could see, like. Yeah. There was a blatant foul on Alan Tyne and he was tripped, not given. Yeah, crucial for him. Yeah, it should have been, you know, another score. We'd some very bad wides. We'd we'd freeze missed. And you think if Jason Ford was on the field, maybe those frees would have went over. That again was a crucial time, 10 minutes to go. They looked to be on the ropes. They were almost beaten. And, and a goal really the goal that I'm talking about really lifted them and, and their support as well, which was kind of quiet before that. So, you know, and I'm I'm saying all of this as 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 as, as a massive credit to our lads, you know, and you know, Stephen and, and and yourself have mentioned. You know, it was great to see lads like Dan and Ronan and, and um, Sham Kennedy. You know, kind of emerging. Noel McGrath, obviously, like you know, re- really were the leaders of the team the other night. And also then to see Mark and and Jake Morris work so well in the full forward line. And and you know, to me, kind of came of age as much the other night as they have in any other game. So yeah, look, it, it's a, my usual long-winded answer, but yeah, I would, I would agree, Kevin. I was just, I, I just would flag it, you know. It, it's, and also, just sorry, we did mention as well. Claire finished very strongly against us as well, and didn't they? They scored a goal in injury time, got a few points as well, and sort of turned in a much. We 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 would have had a much bigger win and a much more healthy scoring difference if we'd finished that game a little bit stronger. But look, I'm probably being a bit churlish and being a bit overcritical there, but just to point it out, maybe. No, absolutely, I suppose, yeah. So, like, you know, we are joined top with Cork now on, on three points. Munster has reached its halfway stage again. Uh, Sean, to come to, come to you uh, next on it, um, Sean Smith. Like, you know, again, taking the two games together, these are our two away games, probably seen as the tougher the two. I know we've never come to town next up, but again, like look, looking at some of the things as Colin said that went wrong, maybe injuries, missed scores and all that. Granted, we did have the bit of luck against Clare as well. Would you overall be happy and focusing on that court performance? You have to be happy compared to what we're saying maybe a couple of weeks ago or months ago even, we're saying maybe get something out of one of the open two games, like something was maybe scraped, win or a draw. And now we're here, sitting here, was a Tuesday night after a Cork, drawing the Cork, kind of sickened over, to be honest, um, because the game we should have won numerous times. But when you go down one, three to two points there, the doors, but then we hit back and the boys were phenomenal. Did we get 10 next scores in a row? 10 points? Like it was just Cork or Boris. That start was worrying, wasn't it? Start was worrying, but I... But start was running, but I loved the reaction of our players. That's something which I haven't seen in a long time as well. The reaction, I was like, we oh, Cork, we are going to blow us out. Yeah. Um, but the reaction was good. But then the reaction again, then from Cork, like, back in again. But you have to be comf- happy and confident from it. Like, and again, Sean, I'll come on and tell us, like, that middle third is where the middle third of the field where we just won it, bossed them. Like, even seeing as a Ray Bynes had a clip off Noam Morel and protect him with a Seamus Kennedy won't win the ball. Like, you know, clever little things that when you look back at a game, you'd see how they're clever on midfield, not letting Cork get in the ball and stopping that half hour and driving on for Cork, which we were kind of worried about. We said last week was the worry we had. And Sean, Sean Flynn, welcome to the Madhouse, first of all, the Premier View <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, I suppose, though, it's great to have a, a good stats man on board as well. And, I suppose your interpretation of the game, you know, if you didn't know the final score, you're looking at those stats there were maybe tipped doing well in so many areas. How would you have read that game again, just for your 
your positive or is it overall kind of positive reaction you would have had to it maybe as kind of others have mentioned there kind of things to tighten up on in defence or were, would you look at it through a different prism well boys how are we getting on um, no I, like so the big thing is I, I, I kind of was texting a few lads even midway through the game and I was kind of saying like it was really like I felt for the first time in, in the last few years that just felt that we were really adapting to the way the modern game is going and that's not even with the use of the ball it's it's more about our shape when we when we don't have the ball and then when we do have the ball that we're still able to get forward if you know what I mean I just thought before we were small bit too I don't know just conventional you know you know our six forwards are staying up there we're not getting deep enough back you know where I think um I think now we're we're kind of adjusting to that and I think the big thing is having Marco and Jake up there. I think that's allowing you to even, you know, a small bit like Limerick in a way, having just Skelan and Flanagan up there. That's kind of allowing you stretch teams now. You know, two lads inside and with pace and they're physical. And, you know, that's going to stretch teams. Teams are going to wonder now, you know, do I hold a lad back or do I push up on, say, Noel or whoever is there to the half forward line? So, I think that's going to cause people a few more problems than say maybe with all respect to having Jo and 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 say Jake inside. I think if, if Jo was able to come out the field a bit and get on more ball, I think it would suit him too. But I think the big thing was like we turned over Cork twenty times in, inside that middle third, and we got nine points off it, which was massive. Like um, you know, and Cork only turned turned us over for three points in the middle third. So like we did, as the lad said, we did really win and go after that um, the only worry I would have is that we've conceded 319 off the opposition poke out and that's a lot and usually in tip we actually score more off the opposition's poke out than we do off our own poke out and that's more or less down to being organised and not even organised but I just I kind of haven't looked in too much detail yet but I'm just wondering what's like like the two goals last day were came from short pokeouts and it was just kind of breaking ball and not not being switched on and breaking ball like so small things like that, um, but it's something now I I just coming up against Limerick now it's going to be interesting because we all know the Limerick pokeout kind of is there has been Dragota so it'd be interesting to see what we do um you know if we give it up and let Nash and Nash and these lads you know pick out those balls into the middle we'll be under pressure. If we open up the two wings like we did against Clare, we're going to be under pressure. So there are a couple of the big things, really. Um, I suppose the real positive then was like, you know, I think Jake and Mark Kyo were involved in nearly half our shots. I think they were involved in, we had 42 shots in the game. And I think the two boys were involved in, um, what was it again? Let's just look here now. I think, yeah, out of, out of, 42 shots the two boys are involved in 18 like so that'll just tell you considering Keogh only came on after all 15-16 minutes yeah do you know so it just shows you like and and I think for Mark I'd say playing against Cork he went to college down there he knows a lot of them lads and he'd know you know he'd know their weaknesses or he'd just I don't think he'd fear them the same way he'd fear lads you know he's, he's he's played with them he's trained with them you know he knows that if he gets the right ball and he goes out there and he just gives it everything, I think he knows he'd probably he'd be able to take a lot of those cork boys. Sean, um, you 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 studied the stats to that. Um, 
with the way modern hurling's gone now, possession, keeper to a back, back to the half back, and you know, deliver the right ball there. Is there any room then? Like, let's say that's Limerick's strength. That's where their the launch pad comes from. Would you think there'd be any room for pushing up? Like, maybe not so much touch tight on the cornerback, fullback, etc. But touch tight in the half back line, give the full back line maybe two or three yards, tempt him into it. But for ultimately forcing the keeper down the field and making a 50-50, a 50-50 ball if if he can. Do you think there's any room left for that in uh, in the modern game? Because Limerick are excellent at working the ball out the field. And as I said, we conceded an awful lot on allowing Cork have possession working out the field. Do you think there's any room for pushing them up, forcing them along? And we have a half-back line there of of, of Seamus Kennedy, Ronan Maher and Brian Maher, big strong men in the air as well. Do you think there's a, there's a way you could kind of like nearly, dig, nearly force a keeper into hitting it down on top of their big men? Yeah, and I say this like in train teams myself. Like I, I think there is, but I think you can mix it up. Like I think, you know, stand off. You know, even pick a corner back now. Like I, I, I think you know the big thing is you pick. I remember we were playing, we played Clare in the first round of the league in 2019. I remember after a couple of minutes, your man Jason McCarthy was in corner back. I remember talking to the lads and saying, "Jeez, lads, if you leave, let let Jason McCarthy have the ball all day. Let him have it. We push up on the rest." And yeah. Jason McCarthy came out three times and he overcarried it. Another couple of times he gave the ball away. So like the big thing is, number one, you could nominate a corner back and let him have it. Um, and if he wants to go back to the keeper, then fair enough. But I think you just mix it up. I think sometimes yeah. you okay. let them have it, give them, let them get the head up, squeeze the middle then. Other times then, you know, you just full court press and yeah. let, let your half back line deal with and let your wing forwards get underneath and midfielders. But like that's where Limerick have killed us in the past. Like, geez, I remember the, the nine, 2019 Munster final. Sure, I think I think we lost, I think we could have hit nearly 29 long pokeouts and we lost a break on 24 of them. Like, yeah, yeah. Do you so know, it's be versatile like, in your defensive structure when you're when you're defending a pokeout. Yeah, like Limerick, but, but yeah, exactly. Up. And that's what Limerick do. Like, so they'll fucking, you know, they'll. they'll They'll think you have room and then next thing you know they're on you. And then when you go along, then next thing you know you have O'Donoghue and and say O'Donoghue, Key Lynch and O'Donovan right underneath your, you know, that sort of underneath the landing area. So I think you just need to be unpredictable. I don't know what you think. Yeah, sorry. I think, Sean, just to pick up on one one or two points there, like for me, the concerns are mostly defensive after the other night. I was kind of happy to see Hogan as our goalkeeper for this year. But after two games, I'm sort of, I'm a little bit concerned. Like, he's not making the saves. I don't think he's making his presence felt either. A couple of sloppy puckouts the other night. We conceded a goal off one as well. Don't forget, you know, did he make the wrong decision for the third goal? I think he did, you know. So, I think our deficiencies there are, are, are plain to see, particularly against the running game. And we'll have to face up to it and protect it with a sweeper maybe, you know, because Limerick could take us for a few goals, a few goals otherwise. The other thing you mentioned as well was just on Marky Ho, like, he was exceptional when he came in, absolutely. And the impact of both the benches was crucial. Cork probably got a little bit more out of theirs. They brought on Kingston, Tim O'Mahony and Lahan, if I'm not mistaken. And I thought the three of them were pretty much the reason that they came back. Do you know what I mean? Now, look, we brought on Shamey as well. If he got that goal, maybe, mm. you know, that, that, would, to, that, that would have won the game for us, obviously, you know. I want to come up on our... Just come in on that column as well because we're we still searching for that real reliable kind of impact sub. Maybe Sean Ryan was it against Clare 
got the start and probably didn't work out for him, you know, first championship start. Then this time round, as you said, Jamie Callum came on late, John McGrath came in late, kind of this time. And look, it's very, it was very tough to to make an impact. Mark Hugh, you could say, you know, came on after 15, 16 minutes, was up there for man of the match. Like, you know, and again, as we turn t- towards Limerick now, like you, you need to finish as strong as you start, really, don't we? But who we're bringing on, we need all possibly forget, to lift the crowd as well. Don't forget, Kevin, as well. Like Connor Bow came on and came off again. So I'd just be interested yeah. in the boys' take on that. Like, what you know? No, I, I was looking at Connor Bow and I was looking back at me. Like he was unlucky. Like he two wides, he worked hard. He was like he he was putting in a few tackles. He was being targeted for the odd poke out as well. Like so, I don't know. Just like. I put this out, would he get taken off if two of the balls he had put were over the bear, like, do you know what sort of way? Um, like, like, he did get taken off as well. There's only a few minutes left with Shamey coming with Shamey coming on a different plan just to get the ball in and try and Shamey yeah. hit the net and take on a bit cuter maybe. That was Cal Quinn thinking as well. Yeah, yeah. I feel sorry for Connor because like he's a great joke and he's probably suffering from going in with the footballers there um, after he came out with Quinty. And not being in with the seniors straight away. You know, like, there's a lot of players there who have been knocked around the panel for a couple of years and now they're, you know, like your Mark Kios, they're getting their their game time now, whereas kind of he went away. And I remember, actually, I was over Burgess and we played, we played, um, uh, what you call it, in a challenge mm-hmm. game. Yeah. And, like, he was saying to me, I was just talking to him after, and he was like, no, I, this is my first game of hurling now in uh, so many months. So, John started away. So he was after being in with the footballers the whole time. And we were even talking about like the running, the difference of running in football and hurling. Like, do you know what I mean? Whereas like, hurling's all sprinting and in football, you're kind of going 80, 90, you know, 80, 90% the whole time. So probably like, he probably is a year or two behind where he should be in terms of, and not no fault of his own, but like really could have done with him in on the panels probably from 1920, on, 20 on, like, do you know what I'm talking Yeah, and you know, and uh, it was on the pod as well, he'd have great time for him as well. I know going back along, great potential and, you know, he's, he's often coupled with Gerard O'Connor as well as, you know, making a very good impact staying in club. And it's great for a club like mine to be contributing. You know, you have two marquee players almost now to on that as, on that as well. I suppose that's, that's, you know, at the court game, we could stay talking about it all night. But look, we have to talk about the next game as well. I suppose once Liam Calvi saying it's always about the next game with three points. All depending on what happens this week, this weekend in the game between Clare and Waterford, we, this could be like, you know, a win for win for Waterford could bring them back into into the mix completely, like you know, and then obviously targeting tip in their last game for a win. But you know, an unknown form maybe Clare getting the win there. We could be putting Limerick under serious pressure and doing no, you know, doing ourselves a, a a great thing as well. So thoughts on this game? This this is a huge game now. You know, Limerick are going to have a couple of weeks uh, rest. They're going to have to you know round the wagons, round the troops up. And uh, you know they're good. this this is a big game from is it is if Clare win we could potentially knock them out with a game to spare is that do I have that correct if Clare win the next game? Yep, that's the that's the match, isn't it? Uh, yeah, if Clare so win, they are true because they'd have Limerick on the head to head. Yeah, is the way we make it. So you're you you've Limerick coming to town under huge pressure, and I, I kind of don't really like the saying, but Tip have a free shot. You know, they do have Walford coming to town the following game after that, but there's no pressure on Tip, only the pressure they put on themselves and the, man- the management team, which is good pressure. We see how all the lads are reacting. Um, You know, 
this this could this could be a statement from Tipperary now. Like we've had two two right good games. We've we're in a far better position than we were last year. I won't say I won't say talk like we're back, like, but we're back in the mix. You know, we're real contenders to get out of Munster. And we we could we could you be thinking Liam Cal be going into this game now. Let's let's lay down a marker here. We faded the last ten minutes the last day. Look, we kind of we, we conceded goals late on um against Cork. Even one of the goals that's Ronan Marsh scuttered the sideline ball. I, I wouldn't think he'd ever scuttered a sideline ball in his life. You know, yeah. and they went straight down the middle and, and, and scored a goal. Do you know, like it, it's just a little bit unlucky. That's all that was, you know. And a typical uh, usual standard Ronan Marsh, that's gone a hundred yards up the field and there's no goal. You know, so like look, some sometimes you get the break, sometimes you don't. But I think I'd like we we'll have what this weekend off and next week then we're out. I'd like to think our lads are going to lay lay down the law here now at the weekend, similar to the last day. Get in, start the row if you have to, but we're here to win, and you know we want to make a statement uh, in this Limerick game. Do you think there as well? Just on the court, getting the goal was like running that was like should we just pull them down? Maybe fouling? Did we go for the foul? That's probably why you overcarried the ball with the Robbie because we tried to actually off balance and you stay going through like so. Mm. Like Limerick's looking at now and. You know Limerick can run and score goals if they get it. Like it's just kind of a worry there if they can get the overlap again and being lads inside. Are you going to go to the man and leave a free man inside like we did against Cork, or will you just try and hold the man and not run towards Limerick and clear running at you? Like it's kind of a strange one to look back on. It is. I think we do need to kind of try and engage. You know, like get the first tackle in early before lads get a, a head of steam up. It's one of the things that struck me in the Cork goals that there was no one you know either hand in just to slow them up and stuff not getting the the bit of momentum if you leave it too late you're into black car territory and all the rest of it um be my own take on that but yeah i'm sure that they'll be looking away to kind of maybe be a bit more cynical i mean all, all good teams do it don't they so um, i'm sure they'll learn a bit from that yeah we're probably too a little bit too honest in that first phase of the opposition attack you know we we could be a little bit more cynical, but we could. I think there was a couple of times where Cork were running through, and we went to give, we went to give. I call it a fair shoulder. Whereas on Alan Tynan at the other end, when he was running through, he was tripped up straight. Now it should have been a free. The referee missed it, but it's something we need to look at because we 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 know we knew Cork were going to run at us. So when that ball was picked up on the sixty five. That's where the tackle goes in. And if you have to go borderline a foul, you know, I'd rather give away a, a point from a 65 than a goal from a fella running down the middle. Like, you know, you have to be a little bit uh, Hell's Kitchen-esque, even though it's not at the edge of the square. It has to be out the field. You you, you start running at us, boys, and we're going to put you on your hole kind of an attitude. You know, probably being a bit too nice in giving the fair shot. Just just put him down and, and, and go from there then. Jamie, I suppose come to you next. Um, you know, in particular, kind of like really getting your getting your appetite kind of flowing now for this limer. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Again, what do you see as the major battles? Ah, sure. It's going to be the middle third again, you know. It's going to be like, well, I don't know when these lads are going to have to be stopped. And um, Keen Lynch seems to be struggling for form a little bit. I don't know, will he will he make the next day out? Sean Finn is out. Gerard Hegarty is there. The whole country is waiting for him to get sent off again. Um, Kyle Hayes, again, rampaging forward. And Darren Burns, I think you need to close down Darren Burns and stop him shooting from distance. Limerick will happily take points all day. They won't necessarily hunt goals like Cork will, so, and they will punish from distance. like we So the middle third is going to be huge again. Um, Connor, Alan Tyne and Seamus Kendi, they're all going to have to work their socks off again. Yeah, t- I... I'd say they're going to go Kyle Hayes centre forward. Lads. I just they're like that's been a struggle. Like they're, they're not they're 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 not scoring off their puck like they were. They're not stretching teams like they were. And like if you look at the last day against Clare, like Kyle Hayes had no shot from play. You know, go back to the other final against Kilkenny. He he scored four or five four points in play, assisted three scores. There was eleven puck outs hitting him. He won seven. Limerick won seven off him. Like there's nobody else doing that for him. And I just think. You know, I just they need him back eleven, and they have to trust. They have to trust Dan. Well, not to trust, but they have to put Dan Six probably or whoever. If if Hannon's injured, they have to put, you know, Mike Casey in there, Colin Coughlin. They have to put in these lads now because I think they have to go with with Hayes because he has and he's killed us in the past. Like, do you know what I mean? Even at eleven, like, like I remember going back to the fucking. Back to that 2019 Monster Final again, like he just. He's got to be massive, Sean, wouldn't it? You know, like throwing a temple and Kyle Hayes is in, you know, half forward, line centre forward, whatever, like that. And you have to mark him as a unit, but the problem is people have done that. And next thing you know, uh, Tom and Garold Hergerty at the end of the game have eight or nine points from play. John Sartre. Would you put like Seamus Kendi? On him then, or just play whoever centre back to stand on him. Like and then, like you're taking Seamus out of the game, which Seamus has been a great attacking thing for us. He's a yeah, you know, three or four points three, three, point, three points, uh, three, three points. You know, like, like, it's a tough. One. I, I, I think they have to do it now, but I don't know will they. But I, I just looking at them, they just, they, he's the one lad that can get the ball at sixty yards out, and he's still going with it. Come to D, do you know what I mean? And and having a player like that is worth anything. That's Sean. That's where your cynical fouls need to come in. Then, yeah. If he's picking the ball up there, he can't. He can't. If he's allowed to head of steam, he's too hard to stop. So you, you either stop him getting the ball, or you foul him when he gets the ball, and that's it. And it's a different man fouling him every time. If that's what it comes to, you know what I mean. He can't be allowed to dictate play from centre forward. Like that's just madness. Yeah. There's a big yeah. loss to their backline too. Like you know, and it, it kind of smells like panic stations if they're doing that already. You know. Yeah. The great Limerick team. You no, know, so. Yeah. Let's wait and see. I just think yeah, that, like, sorry you know far away far away I, I just think they need to get back to that All-Ireland final winning team that they had last year like you know with that half-hour line and inside like that like they like they, you know, they did, did fairly well last year in that final like the, that that half-hour line like mm-hmm. 
I mean, like half hour line is everything now, really, isn't it? In the game, mm-hmm. would, would you think, Sean, there's a little bit of mental fatigue in there? Like, they're on the, they're on the road now with a, a long time, and there's like there's a lot of talk about Limerick having the strength and depth and massive panels, but it's 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 mostly the same players that made the breakthrough, you know. There's one thing being the champ, but trying to stay there on top, you have to be flawless every game because every other team is coming for you. Um, Keen Lynch not quite firing on all since now they could come out in two weeks' time, they could you know they could be brilliant. But Sean Finn is out, uh, Hannon, you know, injury, bit of an injury. you know, a bit of a question mark over him. You know, is there is there a, a little bit of a fatigue set in mentally, like you know, like. I remember back, I, I'll give you another example. I remember, remember Seamus in back in 2019 again. Remember Seamus Callan and you know, he had a tough old league and he wasn't playing. People were giving out about him, you know, taking freeze or whatever. Do you remember that? Do you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I remember just you know, he was just listening to the lads talking and stuff, and they had complete trust in him, like you know. And it was even a couple of weeks they were like, he come good, come championship. And five minutes into the get Cork game. He one hung up in the net, and he went on and scored in every a goal in every game that season. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know ourselves as when you're involved with teams, you 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 build up a trust in players, and you just even when they lose a game like that against Clare, like you still you still have trust in the team. And I don't know it's a fatigue. Like maybe they didn't did need to lose a game and and just realize where they are and, and what they've done and and what can be taken off them. Do you know what I'm But yeah, yeah, I I still think they're. Like this couple little changes to their team, and I think they could get back back motor. And again, I just the last two games, like they won the second, the first game against Waterford with nearly for thirty minutes with only fourteen men. The last day they didn't fire at all; they're fired, and you know they still only lost by a point. Like they're not getting, you no, know, they're not getting destroyed. Like they're still in games, so mm-hmm. I I think they're going to come back. I think there's there'll be a kick in them. I think. And I think this is to kick the knee. But then look at some of their players. Aaron Galland didn't play much of the league. Jeremy Burns didn't play much of the league. Do you know Keane Lynch is only coming back from a hamstring injury. They kept him out for like all the championship. He didn't play any club championship last year. So he's only getting right. So, you know, they're, they have three or four lads that are using the championship as kind of ways of getting tuned up for the, you know, the business end. But... I I don't know. I'd be worried now going into the next game, but I, I the one thing I think Tipper are able to do now is they're just able to go balls out in Gofford and they have the forwards. They have lads that are able to pack the middle and go toe to toe. Like Alan Tynan will run into any of those Limerick boys and it won't knock a funk out of him. But I guarantee you, he, he'll he put them under pressure. Do you want to start with? Absolutely, lads. Before we leave this one, I'm gonna do maybe differ now. I won't ask you the scoreline yet this week for the. For the Limerick tip game, but water for Clare, Stephen on the border. I'll go to you first. I'm going to go with a good reaction from from Waterford from the two terrible uh, from the from the terrible start of the championship. Good reaction, but I think Clare will still get the win. I think Perfect. I think their win against Limerick has really thrown things and there's so so much pressure on on Waterford now. Yeah, it's a must win for Clare as well. I suppose we should be saying, Colm, next up. Oh, come on, Kevin. <laughs> Move on, will you? The Clare juggernaut ain't stopping you when the miners play convincingly against Cork, so they're on a high altogether. Jamie, hunting different for us. 
No, clean sweep for Clare this week, I think, in Turles. Three for three. Yeah, and Sean? Yeah, I can't see Watford are so all over the place against Cork. Uh, Jesus Christ, if they do that, it'll be a miracle, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Clare, Clare went for me, so not even an optimist like me, even though when it comes to Waterford. Probably, but like, yeah, I mean, really so tip playing a, a Waterford that are planning their J1s, I suppose, in a couple of weeks' time, whatever happens against Limerick. Right, lads, and you know, tip unfortunately mentioned in the Banner County, we bowed out last night against uh, Clare in the Munster semi final, the under 20. Brendan Cummins' team there. It was a kind of nip and tuck. Probably a lot of wides kind of drained a bit of life out of this game. Stephen, you were up at it there. Um, disappointing loss for Tip. Yeah, very disappointing and frustrating. Like, the, the boys around the field, they're giving it their all. But I think from the supporters' point of view, when you're watching it, there's no there's no um, proper game plan. I, I, I call it a proper game plan because it seemed the game plan last night was... Rose ed that ball as far as you can and hope for the best. It that's what it looked like. And I possibly maybe I'm being harsh on management, I don't know, but I'm gonna say it anyway. It does like as if those lads were given jerseys and says and told, just go out and hurl. You know, there was no structure to it, there was no style to it, there was no variation, you know. I think I could be wrong, we might have had probably one or two short pockets to work down the field. Everything else was just and unfortunately the keeper didn't have the the, the best the long pocket so you couldn't say it was a huge advantage either um in the second half like in saying that now there was there was a spells there where we did look like we were a better team in the first half at times you know and I think uh, for poor Claire Wides you know they probably they probably should have been ahead a little bit earlier in the game but there were times we looked very very threatening but it was kind of off the cuff Hurling, it was instinct. Whereas Claire had a pattern, they had a design, they had something they were worked on, and that will, if that's executed, executed better than just hurling on instinct, you they come out on top. In the second half, now it's something. It's probably a bit of Tipperary arrogance, but I hate when Tipperary teams initiate and go with a sweeper. We did more than that. We played. We played. Uh, David Fitzgerald type hurling. We had two lads inside the, t- the 14 and everyone else was outside the 60. And it was it was putrid and it wasn't fair in the players. You know, um, and I, it was just it was just a really disappointing. And I do feel sorry for the players because they're the ones out there in front of a good crowd. And I it just it was really poor to look at. And look, I, I suppose I'm, from the players' point of view, some of that skill set could have been a little bit better what's what gave me a lot of ire last night was we've this habit of getting the ball into a hand and rather than taking them four big steps to get out of trouble, we're putting That's the ball the in our hand and we're turning we're turning straight into a clear man. You know, we're not powering our way out. It's grab the ball, turn into a clear man. And the other thing that really annoyed me, and it's probably it's probably something to do with this 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 hand pass uh, epidemic that we're going through. Air lads when they're giving a short pass, maybe five or six yards, the, the, the ball's in the left hand and they're flicking it with their hurley. It's... Uh, he, why that's allowed to go on in training by the management, I, I can't understand it because it's absolutely terrible. You have no control over the ball. You know, there's more accuracy in a hand pass. There's more quick... There's, it, a hand pass is quicker. And uh, it was just... 
it just looked a poorly coached team to me. And, you know, and management might have a problem with that, but that's what I, how I felt about watching that game last night. I think, I think Stephen, just to back, kind of just to back up what you're saying, like, and I might as well say it here because I've been saying it to anyone I've met today. I had reservations about this management team when they were appointed two years ago. I had reservations about them last year when I saw them play, and I had reservations, big reservations about them this year. I was. You had reservations two or three weeks ago. <laughs> I, I did. I, if you remember, I did, Kevin. I was at the Watford game actually, and I think I said it on here that even though we won by ten or eleven points, like. It was a game with five minutes to go that we were only winning by a couple of points and Watford were diabolical on the night. You know, I, I didn't see anything that night that, you know, that filled me with any confidence. I don't know if you remember the first game against Cork as well. Cork destroyed us, right? We, we, we had this obsession right from the start of the competition about trying to play the ball, as Stephen said there, out through the lines all the time. And, and we, we weren't a big physical side. We just weren't able to do it. Then we had the sweeper last night playing inside in our full back line, which was absolutely ridiculous as well I thought you know we looked tactically completely inept we got physically horsed out of it we fumbled the ball we missed freeze you know our general hurling skills looked poor and I'm going to say something as well that I know I'll get abused about tomorrow as well but to me it just wasn't the Tipperary way you know it just Mm. didn't look like a Tipperary team so I was very disappointed with that the only thing I would say is look the lads know better than better than me about this we might get a couple of players from it to get onto the senior team eventually you know I'd be thinking maybe young Stakelam who who Jamie and Sean would obviously know a lot more than I would uh, your man Keneally as well um, Leamy yes, and, and, and McGarry from your own club um, um, you, you know Kevin they would be the ones that, I, that I'd, I'd be looking at I, Eddie Ryan looks a, a decent lad as well but maybe a size would go against him I, I, maybe Sean and Jamie would have uh, the two Sean's Jamie have more of an, yeah. a, a Jamie, note on some yeah. of those lads. Tracked up to as well, happened to be salvaged from the year, you think, or would you agree with kind of the points that were being made there? Yeah, I was very, very impressed with Eddie Ryan. Um, as Colin name checked him there again, he, he is a little bit small, but he, he he was very good the last couple of games. I saw him, he seems to come off early in games as well, which I didn't understand. But um, the tactics were very frustrating, like the lads hit on it there. At one stage, we like we had possession of the line ball, and there was nobody in, in our half of the field at all, or in the forward half of the field. Yeah. Like it was just, I don't blame the players for performance last night. To be honest, like, they just they, they looked poorly coached and they looked overcoached. They looked tired, and there was no like. Darius Stakelin is a very fit, very mobile player. He looked stuck to the ground last night, it and nearly yeah. gone. He got in a few balls. He won, caught one great ball in the pint in the first half. But he didn't get enough ball. We, d- we didn't hit the ball up the field quickly enough. We overplayed the ball in possession. You know, tried to be fancy playing the ball out. And instead of just getting the ball and hitting it in, we quick forwards, young Corbett's inside. He might be small, but he's very, very quick. We never hit the ball into, into space for him to run into. You know, and it's just, it was very frustrating to watch. It was a poor game. Clare should have been five or six points up at halftime. In all honesty, their shooting was terrible in the first half. Um, and they got a couple of goals then. And we were chasing the game. Five pints down, I think, with five minutes to go, and we we're playing a sweeper, and it was just bananas. Shit. Like, you just didn't know that double, that double goal swing, you know, sitting to clear. You know, we missed one at one end, yeah. We'd be a good chance to ball across, like it could have been yeah. a goal, it would have gone to one point. I think we we're four down at the time, but like you're chasing the game and then sweeper, it's just crazy. Like, it's pure Watford tactics. Like, you know, it's bullshit to watch, to be honest. Yeah, especially when, you know, what's supposed to be a development grade as well, where you want that kind of, you know, man-on-man and see, you know, who's the best team. 
But lads, we can't leave this week without talking about the story of the week, uh, which is undoubtedly whenever GA ends up on, I suppose, the front pages and on Joe Duffy a couple of days in a row. It's never good news, but um, GA go, lads. Um, it's not going away. Fucking um, right, good success. <laughs> Class when it's free, it's shite when you're Plus, I, I find myself, I, I find myself agreeing with Don Log there um, on the Sunday game about the promotion of the game. I think he's right in everything he says. With the Monster Championship being the sacrificial lamb to kind of sell subscriptions, um, you know, where yeah. with any any thoughts on this one? That's it goes down to scheduling, Kevin. Like if it's, it's so compact that Prince of Finals draw is going to be on telly, so that means then. Saturday games with Ross and Sky that's good Diego it's just well, yeah, it's, it's coming out there though on today even that like you know that the GA can grant RT permission to show those games if they want and I think RT won't show yeah. See, that's it. I think that they I think the GA have to be like first of all Harlan has to be greedy in what I want showing on like you know um, and GA has to be greedy in terms of like saying if you want the package you have to show X amount of games and they all have to be on something so it's like the rugby shirt. Fucking hell, no rugby on the hell. You know, like you have to show women's rugby, women's everything. They show matches on that RT News channel as well. There's often matches on that from time to time. Yeah, the World Cup, like, you know, every single game has to be shown if you get the rights. So not saying, look, every single GA game has to be shown, but when there is a clash or when there is, look, we're in a new split season all that now, I think that there should be some option. And I'm not talking about, you know, like it's just for actually the promotion of the game. I think that GA just isn't a sporting thing. It's also the cultural thing. Like, you know, if we're on about, I said it there, like I'm not on about promoting Donegal and Roscommon. But, you know, to keep the game strong in Tipperary, I think you need people kind of watching the game and talking about the game on a Monday morning because, you know, they're watching all sorts of sports and all that at the moment. So, you know, it's a competitive environment. We need to be greedy in what we're doing. And that, yeah. for me, means showing as much hurling as often as possible. I, I, I think that's the key point, Kevin. And like like on the rugby, like I love putting the boot into rugby as much as, as anyone. And I like to put the boot into RT and I have done it here before. And like you, I found myself in a in a sort of a parallel universe on Sunday night agreeing with Don Lokusic, you know, and almost agreeing with Matty McGrath on Monday morning. Although I think if... If, if the argument had been put the other way on, on, on Monday morning, Matty would have seen which way the wind was blowing and just went with that way. So, you know, like, I think the point, of, I think the point you make is well made. Though. Like, it's up to the GAA to, to I suppose, to negotiate with RTE on a, on a package of sports. Like, they should have, like, a magazine half-hour show during the week. Like, what would be wrong with that? Like, why are managers not told, or why are managers not being interviewed after games at the moment? Like, I was expecting to see Liam Cal and Pat Ryan be interviewed on the Sunday game on Sunday night. And that's not the first time that's happened. You know, could, could we insist that one player per squad comes out and gives an interview after the game? You know, like, it seems the, 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 Don Logue's rant on Sunday night started out against RTE, and, you know, that's where we kind of thought it was at. But actually, it turns out that it's the GAA, really, who are as much at fault as anybody on this, you know. And, of course, you're right. Like, it is about promotion of the games, you know. And, and to be fair to rugby, they're looking after themselves, first of all, in the promoting of their game. And they're damn right, well done for doing that. That's their business. I agree with you. There's way too much of the shagging thing on the television. But a little bit like the coronation on Saturday, I have no interest in the coronation. Therefore, I didn't watch it. I have no interest in rugby. I don't watch it. Do you know what I mean? I have an interest in the GA and there's not enough GA on it. You know, and like last point is, like, I look at my own parents. Like, you know, my father's going to matches all his life. Like, 
you know, he's nearly 80 years of age. He's not able to walk down to Parky Cueve on Saturday night, okay? But by but, but the same token, GA Go, like, they don't have broadband at home. They can barely work the Sky remote. Do you know what I mean? Like, asking a man and woman of my parents' age about telling them about broadband and GA Go and all that sort of stuff is a pure nonsense. It's not going to happen. You know, so... Yeah, it's, the, it's the worst option, isn't that the GA could the worst show. option. Yeah, it is the worst option. I'm sure the boys have plenty to say about this as well, sorry. It's I I'd agree. I I think it's terrible. I think they saw a little a little opening there to make to make money and um put behind the paywall, and I don't believe for a sec there was a need to make money. There's no one going to tell me that the GA broke. We need to find a way of uh, of making money. If they were broke, then they would approach Virgin Media as well to battle it out for the rights to games. Yeah. Which Virgin Media came out today and said they were never even approached. So there's no one. No one going to tell me that it has to be behind the paywall. The GA have to make money. They make a hell of a lot of money. Please, God, we get the Croke Park this year. You're going to be paying 70, €80 Euro for a ticket. You know, in 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 what, what looks to be... 100 for a final now, is that? 100 for a final. And attendances are through the roof this year. You know, like, we're already having issues. We're trying to get a ticket for the Tipperary Limerick game. Attendance are through the roof. There's money being made. We're a healthy a financially healthy association putting it behind a paywall I think was a cheap shot at 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 getting at getting um getting money and if they were to go down the paywall route they should have went down to football with with mostly football you know started off with the football and live it because there's only small pockets in Ireland that are hurling only like you know move out of Munster you have one or two counties in Leinster Everything else is football. You know, so if you wanted a bigger crowd, throw your GA go in for the first year for football. If 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 it's something that had to be done, if it was a, a way we're going to go forward. But the GA have to do far more to promote Ireland. Like, we, we mentioned the rugby there. Uh, Ireland, I, I don't know when their schedule is. They might, they'll play a match next week, let's say. And they'll beat the All Blacks. They'll have four or five documentaries now in the next six months because of that match. You know, and it just, it looks like the greatest game in the world. They're so, we do nothing. Like, I read a stat there. I read something the other day on Twitter and it got me thinking. Our archives from a sporting perspective is absolutely shocking. You know, to go back and find stats on, on, on a game or who was the captain of the game or who won it. To go back finding archives and stuff, and it, it, I compared it to the. I was thinking about the NFL at the time in, in America. They have stats on high school players that never even played in the NFL. But you know, even we, Stephen, you're right. But like you know, the the last two GA documentaries I can think of was Marooned with Paulie O'Shea, which people still talk about fifteen years later. And but that's, the Galway yeah. one when they won the All Ireland. Bar that, there's been no. Yeah. They were all they were all independent things. The stories are there. But I think it's just RT or actually GA it's, laziness. GA is terrible. There's again, I, I know I go back to the NFL in America, and it's um, it's it's, it's a it's a multi-billion-dollar uh, organization. But every year they have a, a an America I think it's called America's Game, or you know, they they have a documentary on the winning team, and they've they've cameras, uh, they've snippets from throughout the year, like you know, the interviews we've. Most of our GA players now allowed to talk to a, a journalist, you know. I, I know that's coming from, but the, the the GA should be forcing promotion on counties. Send up fellas from interviews. Send up 
managers for interviews um have some sort of video uh footage for archives that where we can make a documentary like you know that you won't find that behind a paywall most of the promotion of GA games now are come from private owners of TikTok and Instagram. You know, even ourselves, the podcast here, we're getting the views. Where's the GAA first or where's the, the GA official? You know, it's 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 terribly poor. And I hate putting the boot into GA because the way I see it, that's my association, not soccer, not rugby. This is my one. And we all we're we're clannish when it comes to our own, like the clubs. You, your club could be wrong, but you'll never admit they're wrong to another club. And uh we're absolutely appalling at promoting our own games, especially Hurland. That's the minority of in the GA. Well said, right, lads. Um, very, very, very busy week in store, as we said. Um, best of luck to the Tipperary, to, to all Tipperary teams, because I suppose the footballers begin their uh, campaign, their Talton Cup campaign. Jeez, I can't even remember who they're playing this weekend. Playing down the same day as the Hurland. Um, they're okay. me this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, and Tipling Mead, is it? Yeah, yeah, Mead this weekend, I think it is. So yeah. best best of luck to them as well. And the Canadian uh, runs on Saturday. That's yeah, so that's a league final. Monster final, yeah. Monster final, sorry. So best of luck to all the tip teams over the next few days. Thanks a million, lads. Cheers. Yeah, lads, good luck. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.